Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. Huge news at Get Around Me Studios. Huge news, okay? We, and I know there's only one person in this organization, but, you know, there's such a good feel around the office. HR is killing it. Real sense of community. So, make no mistake, Billy Darcy, you know, does the pod and edits it. And, you know, that's pretty much the be-all and end-all of this organization. But make no mistake, we here at Get Around Me Studios, huge moves being made. Huge. We just purchased... A ring light. Now, if this doesn't rocket me to the itty-bitty tippy-top of YouTube stardom, then I personally don't know what will, you know? What is the difference between me and Logan Paul? Previous to this, if you had asked me, I would have said, it's obviously a ring light. That's what I would have said. I would have said, the only difference between my career and Logan Paul's is a circle light, which you can get for $83 from Big W online. Okay. And now, now I've got it. So there's no excuses. I'm here to stay. And, you know, next stop, the top. You know what I mean? Tee up a boxing match or whatever the the YouTubers are doing. Totally. I'll fight fucking Huey from Huey's Cooking. You know what I mean? Just give me um, just give me a big name, ET from Fishing with ET. These are the sorts of names I'd like to box. But yeah, dude, we got a ring light, so you know what I mean. I mean, I doubt it will affect sort of what's coming out of my mouth in any way. I'd say in that regard, yeah, expect more of the same. Will the standard rise? Will the ring light? Maybe it'll freaking pump so much light into my goddamn eyeballs it might fire up my brain a little bit more. We don't know, okay? We don't know. But also, we do know it's not really going to change anything. But still, moves are being made. Moves are being made. But dude, I tell you what, I watched, uh, how's this? I watched this last night with Macca. We chucked on Red Notice, Netflix blockbuster action film Red Notice, starring Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So here's a quick one. How does The Rock sleep at night? Because what that bloke is doing to cinema is a full-blown international crime. Like, I just have no idea how one man can continually trot out absolute trash and continue to get rebooked. I mean, if I bomb at a freaking club and I've never been there before, I'm probably not getting asked back. But The Rock... I mean, The Rock could roll into the Melbourne Comedy Festival and do 55 minutes to complete silence and they'd book him for twice the price the next year. It's like uh, if you just do enough steroids, nothing else matters. It's like, don't worry about learning how to act or even... Don't worry about even differentiating your characters between completely different films. You You just continue to be absolutely jacked out of your mind and we will work around it. That seems to be the attitude in Hollywood. You know, Ryan Reynolds turned up and he's played Ryan Reynolds. 
okay? And that's what Ryan Reynolds does. I think we can all agree that we fucking enjoy it, okay? He's a goddamn... He's Ryan Reynolds is super good looking, but God gave him just a little bit of that extra pizzazz upstairs and he's funny as well. And that is just... There's no way someone who looks like Ryan Reynolds has any business being as charismatic and funny as he is, okay? So Ryan Reynolds, mate, take a shower and we'd just like to thank you for your ongoing service. Gal Gadot, I'll be honest, we didn't get up to the part that she was in. Me and Mac, I watched about half an hour of it. It's so fucking shit house, dude. I can't believe it. Some of these Netflix films, they are just phoning it in. And like The Rock, he's playing, he's playing a police profiler, like a psychologist. And it's like, the casting is just out the window because since when would a psychologist look like The Rock? Okay, now I've never been to a therapist. Lord knows I should. But when I sit down in the couch, if I'm greeted by a man with the same build as Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I'm getting up and I'm leaving that session. Why? Because I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe. But it's just like in Hollywood, you know, it's like, they got The Rock playing, you know, a mother of three in the next film. He's playing a psychologist in this one. They just don't give a fuck, dude. But it's like, <laughs> do you reckon actors know when they're just making a massive pile of garbage? Like, because, you know, like, I'm a comedian. I, you know, I walk off stage. I know when I freaking, you know, ruin seven minutes of everyone's night. You know, I'm aware. I don't get in my car thinking I'm Russell Brand. I'm aware of what happened in the room, okay? But do actors, tell me Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot in between takes are not just going like, can you fucking believe this, dude? Are you, this script, yeah, I know. This is just like, ugh, whatever. How much are you making? 30 mil? Me too, me too, okay? So Gal Gadot is probably making a little bit less than Ryan Reynolds, but... But still, the point stands. They're being very, very well compensated. And, I, and to be honest, what's your price? What is your price to stand across from Dwayne The Rock Johnson in one of the worst films we've ever seen? Because mine would not be anywhere near as high as Ryan Reynolds. And if we're just going to fucking put The Rock in anywhere and nothing else matters, maybe could I get a run in the next film? Is there any chance? But dude, Red Notice, um, Red Flag, real bad film. Real fucking bad film, dude. I don't even know what... Like, have some pride, Dwayne. <laughs> have some pride. He ne Like, The Rock, it's just like... He's been The Rock for like 15 years now in cinema. And it's just hasn't... It hasn't changed. I don't know if The Rock can carry a film. What about that? Now, I know there's probably very, various financial teams that would aggressively disagree with me. But for me, I like The Rock in like the other guys. When he's just a cameo being absolutely ridiculous. And he's doing a bit of comedy. You know, The Rock in Fast and Furious 5. When, let's be honest, yeah, he, he was the bad guy. But make no mistake whose movie that was, because it wasn't Dwayne's. It was Paul and Vinny's, okay? And The Rock was along for the ride. That's what I think. That's where I think The Rock should live. But, you know, his physique his, his physique is just at a point where you just can't cast him as not the leading man. You can't cast The Rock in any position where he's answering to someone else. 
because it's like it's ridiculous why would he answer to anyone else when he's that big so I just need The Rock to lift a little bit. If he's going to make three of the four films Hollywood puts out a year these days, I just need him to put in sort of anything, really. You know, it's not enough to raise your eyebrow once every half an hour and freaking and get shirtless in the last 20 minutes. Okay? It's not enough. So that's what... <laughs> Red Notice sucks so bad, dude. I'm sorry. But anyway, what have I been up to? Went off on that red notice thing for a little bit too long. So, here's the deal. What did I do on the weekend? The weekend. Oh, that's right. So, how's this? So, I had this weird thing happen on Saturday. That, and this is why social media is pretty wild, but also like pretty fun, I guess. Um, so, on Saturday, I've got, I've got my phone, Instagram, the app. And someone has posted my stand-up clip on their story. And I'm thinking, you beauty. Finally, the tidal wave of uh, fame and fortune is breaking my way. You know what I mean? So here come next stop the moon. That's what I thought. And then it was, I read the caption and it was like a mean caption. It was like, you know, this guy's such a clown. Look at his stupid pink face or something like that. And I was like, okay. And it was my, I do get some negative comments, you know, I get them all the time. So it's not the biggest deal, but I noticed this was my stand-up bit about physios, which is, you know, some of the more vanilla G-rated stuff you'll see me peddling out there. So don't really know what the issue is, babe. She was from like freaking some country I've never heard of. One of these countries that's got like four Vs in it. Starts with a V, ends with a V, and then there's a couple in the middle just fucking kicking it. You know what I mean? You know these countries where V is like a vowel? One of these. And so I'm thinking, this is this is out of the ordinary. And then start getting some freaking messages. You know? Uh, being like, this one guy's like, you know nothing about physiotherapy. You're an absolute disgrace to the profession. He said, you're the unfunniest bloke ever. And again, this isn't particularly out of the ordinary to just get a message like this every now and then. So I'm still a bit like, uh, it's a Saturday. Maybe some blokes are just sort of, you know, maybe the missus was nagging him last night. And then he's seen my stand up and just thought, fuck this guy. You know, he's just let the dogs out in my direction. I thought it could, it could happen. But then I, I, and then I got another message being like, uh, you know, just sort of, you're a fucking idiot, this sort of stuff. I'm thinking, what the hell's going on? A couple more messages come in. So I do a bit of digging and I realized this Instagram page, Physiogram, it's got like 160,000 followers. It's like a, it's not a fun page. It's not a page for stand-up comedy to live. I'll tell you that. It's like a serious page for professional physiotherapists all over the world to like share knowledge. So, you know, stoked to get a start. But how's this? They, they posted my joke. So they took my joke from TikTok and put it on their freaking timeline just to be like, fuck this guy. <laughs> and then all the comments are like, are like oh, yeah, this guy is like a clown. He does not understand our profession. Um, you know, like uh, deep, because I said deep heat cream fixes anything. People are commenting about how deep cream, deep heat cream 
does not in fact fix everything and they're saying that you know like when when i get a big injury next we'll see who's laughing like this sort of stuff and it's like and they also <laughs> so they also um there was like in the caption for the video they were like aussie stand-up billy darcy takes aim at physiotherapy and then it said like uh, tw or whatever you know when they do like tw tl or whatever they go you know underneath it we do not condone bullying or violence in any way now i don't know if that's for them or for me to be honest are they saying i'm a bully because if you if you open up my inbox it doesn't feel like it babe okay it doesn't feel like i'm i'm the one dishing out punishment i was just having god forbid you go out and get breakfast on a saturday morning without a whole fucking profession lighting you up and uh and it's just blokes from like you know, like Europe and stuff. I don't know. This is mostly a European page. Uh, but it's like, uh, if you don't like me and you're in Sweden, keep it to yourself, dude. I don't care. Okay. I tell you what, if the guy across the hall came in and was like, hey, Billy, I don't like you or your stand up. That's a situation. I got to see that bloke in the hallway. You know what I mean? Our letterboxes are next to each other. I might have to move. But if you want to freaking have a go at me from from kazakhstan dude honestly just freaking tell tell whoever's in the kitchen at your place because i don't need it you know what i mean it's like this this guy commented on my uh thing about thing about bushfires and how english people are soft this guy commented if he goes if i ever see you i'm gonna break your fucking legs and show you who's soft and it's like jesus christ dude this is just wild. like. <laughs> but here's the deal with this stuff. And it's just a real problem on social media. Is firstly, if you comment on my stand-up video and you say, Billy, which is a pretty nice way to start a hateful comment. You say, Billy, this is the worst stand-up comedy I've ever seen. You are so unfunny. It is unbelievable to me. You suck. You should give up. And you should probably also end your life. Okay, if you comment that, that is still a million times better than if you comment taking my video seriously. Okay, that is just off the table. It is just off, like all these physios are taking me seriously. And it's like, it's, Aussie stand-up comedian Billy Darcy takes aim at physios in comedy routine. The word comedy is in there twice as a clue and I didn't even write the caption. It's like, you can you can say it sucks. You can say it's good. You can say it's bad. You can say halfway through, I missed the mark. You can say, freaking, my hair looks shit. But you can't tell me when I'm joking and when I'm not joking. That's the only rule. I tell you, okay? And here's a rule going forward. I'll tell you if I'm not joking. Okay, because you don't just get to choose. And this is the big problem. You don't get to pick and choose when something's funny or not funny when it suits you. You know, people, uh, people will be watching comedy. They'll love the first 20 minutes. And then the same comedian doing the same style of jokes about a topic that maybe is a bit like something they don't, they don't want to be laughed at or, you know, something that doesn't suit them to have joked about. All of a sudden, it's now an issue. All of a sudden now, 
20 minutes into your comedy show, you're not joking anymore. Now they've decided you're serious because it suits them. And that's not how it works. You can say, I don't like the joke, but you can't say it's not a joke. That's got to be the only rule. I think, can we just have that going forward? I feel like we're going to need two social medias going forward. One for fun and one for freaking, you know, blokes with blokes with glasses and a short back and sides talking about real issues. You know what I mean? Can we have freaking accountants in one social media and people who like to smile on the other? Because it's just getting out of hand. And, and that's the thing. Like sometimes, a lot of the time, if people are angry at like my comedy videos, it's because they're taking it seriously. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's, I'm joking. That is literally the whole point is I'm joking. And, and here's the thing, dude. If I did that exact same routine and just swapped physio for Cairo, I guarantee all those physios would be absolutely fucking loving it, dude. They would be absolutely loving it. They'd all be messaging their little physio mates. Oh, look at these stupid Kairos, glorified back rubbers. Get this, India. Ah, ha, 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 ha. And all of a sudden, it's hilarious because it doesn't, it, you know, now I'm allowed to joke about it because it doesn't affect them. We can't go around only joking about stuff that's on everyone's pre-approved list. Literally every person on the planet is different from the person next to them. And, and comedy is an art. You can't just fucking... You know what I mean? I don't walk, Before I go to the museum, I don't call ahead and make sure all the paintings are about stuff I like. You know what I mean? I don't call the fucking National Gallery and say, sorry, is every painting a different style of portrait of Shane Warne? Because if it's not, that's not art. That's not art otherwise. So you better, you better fill the freaking place with Shane Warne paintings. Otherwise, you know, I'm not going to enjoy myself. It's not how it works, dude. The artist paints it and I can say, hey, I fucking hate that painting. But I can't say it's not a painting. You know what I mean? <laughs> Am I, sometimes when you're doing a solo podcast, I can't tell if I'm making all the sense in the world or if I'm absolutely the dumbest bloke this side of, of the fucking Southern Hemisphere. So I hope that makes sense. But dude, it's just like so dumb. So dumb. Just like... <laughs> Oh, God. And you know what? All publicity is good publicity. You end up getting, you know, seven extra followers or whatever. And uh, and that's that. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, physios, you nerds. God. I've been to the physio my whole life. Obviously, a lot less once my parents stopped paying for it. I think we all agree you could drop the rates a little bit. But, but yeah, dude, I, like, I don't actually hate physios. I was joking. Okay, so let's move on from that. But I think that's a you know important point to make sometimes. Anyway, <clears throat> what else is happening? Oh, dude, so Saturday night, what's doing? So here's the deal. Saturday night, you ever get this? I ran into, uh, firstly, there is a freaking, there's a real problem in the pubs in Sydney at the moment. I was at uh, one of my favorite pubs over the weekend. They had to shut down. It's one of these pubs. It's got like, you know, three, four bars. Massive. And uh, so, they had to shut down one of, the one of the bars on a Saturday night because they were understaffed. And this is just unacceptable. Okay? Because 
It's a Saturday night. It's 9 p.m. The other two bars, it was like a half an hour wait for a drink. So now you got this thing where it's like, you know, no one loves going to the bar, but you, you got to go when it's your round, it's your round. There's no negotiating. So now it's like this thing where it's like you're having the best time ever at the table and it's like, Billy, it's your round. It's like a death sentence. You know, you got to go stand in a line for freaking half an hour with a mask on. You know, God forbid, who knows who's in front or behind you. It could be some bloke you played two games of soccer with in 2004. And guess what? He's fucking lippy as fuck these days. And he's a primary school teacher. Whoa. And it's just like, it's just hell. And then you come back to the table half an hour later, you know, half your mates are gone. You've sobered up. It's just a terrible, it's a momentum killer, the line. Okay. Sometimes you have to line up to get in the front of the, to get into the bar, to get into the pub itself. Okay. Now I hate lines, but I understand that one. To line up again, once I've gained entry, you need to sort it out. Okay. You need to, you need to sort it out. And it's clear what the issue is. We need to get backpackers back in this country ahead of this summer. Okay. The bars are understaffed. Um, we, you know, the service is slow. Uh, you know, people are freaking, they're just not, these Aussies just don't have the, you know, the desperation of these backpackers. You know what I mean? Let's be honest. Okay. I, th- I don't think this is too hard to, to freaking. Uh, I don't think this is a controversial statement, but no one is no one is going to work harder than some bloke whose visa depends on it. Okay, when that Carlton draft has a has a bit of government paperwork coming in behind it, yeah, you fill it to the top and you get me a second if I need one. You know what I mean? We need to ASAP fly in maybe four thousand Brazilians to this country ahead of summer. Otherwise, we are going to be fucked. Brazilians, they just work harder. Um, they, I think they just do hospitality better. You know, you, you chat to a Brazilian bartender at midnight. They're never tired. They're always just living la vida loca. They're having an absolute laugh. You know, maybe I look like a fuckhead, but at least they have the decency to tell their friend, my shirt looks freaking shit in Portuguese once I'm walking away. You know what I mean? Whereas we got freaking Dan the man from down the road bartending. He... he He's a rich kid from Manly. It's midnight. He doesn't want to be there. He's probably going to quit next week. He's freaking angry you're even ordering anything. And he thinks he's better than me. You don't get these problems with Diego. Let me tell you. Okay? We need to get the backpackers back in ASAPIO. They are just... They're just harder workers. They're just better at it. You know what I mean? They're just better at it. Across the board. You know? And hospitality's brutal, dude. I... I don't know how people work hospitality as a career. You know what I mean? Like you see people like bars are one thing. Working at a club as like a full-time job. People are just working till 4 a.m. Friday, Saturday night. Getting vodka Red Bulls for absolute fucking cunts like me. It's just, it blows my mind how people do that job. But dude, these back, we got to get the backpackers back. We got to get them back. And I don't know what the policy is. I don't. I don't even, I don't know if they can come to Sydney yet. I think they're all in Perth. Any backpacker who's in Perth is doing it right. That's the land of the free, Western Australia. But anyway, so 
what happened Saturday night? So, I, oh, dude, I had this happen as well. I ran into one of my best mates from high school's little brother who I haven't seen in like eight years. And guess what? He's doing well. He's doing real well. <laughs> you ever hear this where someone's little brother is doing better than you? <laughs> this was a new one for me. It's like... <laughs> he was telling me he's just... He's like restores old cars for a living, just making a mozza. I'm like, oh my God. He's like, how are you doing, Bill? I go, Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously lockdown hit me pretty hard, mate. Hit me pretty hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, not much going on, mate. Not much going on. But, uh, you know, mate, 2022 is my year. You know how it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so it was a bit of that chat. Highly embarrassing. Highly embarrassing. But then, then Adzi gets kicked out halfway through the night. Do you ever have this where someone just gets kicked out and no one else saw it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, uh, you know, Bouncer just kicked me out. And it's like, and then just by dink, he was in an Uber to the city to meet his girlfriend immediately after getting kicked out. Now, I'm not a detective and I'm not going to claim to be one. But if I used what I learned while watching Blue's Clues as a kid... I don't think it's too hard to work out that Adzi has clearly smoke-bombed and headed to the city, which I have no problem with. If I have someone who cared about me, I'd probably head to the city too. But just tell me you're going. You know what I mean? Just tell me you're going. I, the suspicious circumstances are surrounding this kick out. You know, I just don't know how you can get kicked out without the lads noticing. Because, you know, I'll tell you what, you'll notice that when I get kicked out, um, because like any gentleman, like any 26-year-old man worth his salt, once I'm getting kicked out, I'm causing a scene, okay? I don't go quietly. If you're going to kick me out at 11, you've taken three hours from me. You know what I mean? You've, you've taken three hours. I must fight for those three hours. Uh, so either Adzi got kicked out and didn't make a scene, which again, I find hard to believe, or he, or he smoke-bombed. And, uh, you know, we'll never know because that bloke is a fortress. I'm telling you, if we go to war with China, the Prime Minister should keep all of our secrets locked in Adzi's head. Tell, tell the missile codes to Adzi and then destroy them. They could be waterboarding this bloke for three weeks straight and he still won't tell you. You know, Jing Jing Pang or whatever his name is will be like, tell me the fucking codes. And Adzi will be like, I got kicked out. The bouncer's a dog. Fuck you. You know? So, you know what I mean? We'll just have to sort of, we'll have to live with that. We'll have to live with not knowing, but it kills me. Um, but yeah, so moving on, moving on. Oh, that, oh yeah, sorry. The joke was on Adzi in the end because um, when I came home uh, Saturday night, one of the boys stayed here and I said, oh, just go sleep in Adzi's bed. And when he went in there, there was a huntsman the size of a dinner plate next to Adzi's bed, like on the wall. And obviously, like good friends, um, we just sort of left it there and shut the door. So that huntsman has not been accounted for. Is this karma for us leaving that funnel web in the living room of our last house to hopefully attack the agent? Possibly. It possibly is. I don't know why Adzi's been, been sort of left with the huntsman when it was me and Maka... Um, who failed to remove the funnel web. So, you know, the God works in mysterious ways, but there's a fucking, there's an arachnid the size of your goddamn head under Adzi's bed, waiting, plotting 
for the future. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Anyway, got a few things to talk about. So here's one thing I'd like to talk about. Cheating in sport and just cheating in general. You know, sometimes I feel like in 2021, yeah, (laughs) in 2021, sometimes it feels like it's worse to talk about stuff or as bad than it is to have actually done it, you know, like, and I I probably see this more than most because, um, you know, I've just, I probably talk more than anyone. So, you know, I'm always freaking, I just want to talk about whatever's happening. And, you know, if like some bloke, uh, some bloke like roots one of the lads misses or something, you know, he's a real piece of shit. I'm the sort of bloke, I go, fuck, did you hear about bloody Tomo? He's bloody run through, run through his best mate's misses. Can you believe that? And often the reaction you'll get is, oh, geez, Bill, that's a bit much, mate. Oh, why are you talking about that, mate? That's in poor taste. And it's like, was it not in poor taste for Tomo to root his best mate's missus? Am I the villain in this story? You know what I mean? It's like, I don't understand how <laughs> talking about something can hold the same weight as actually doing it. It's like, I've only ever given Tomo's missus a kiss on the cheek um, to greet her or say goodbye, you know, at various dinners. I've never had sex with her, yet somehow I'm being placed on the same shelf as this bloke who was boot scooting her for 10 days. You know what I mean? It gets a bit uh, bizarre. And I'd like to segue from this into cheating in sport, if I could. Um, I hope this sort of marries up. But So I was watching the Socceroos last week, the Australian soccer team. They were playing Saudi Arabia. Now, as the Socceroos, you would think, why are we playing Saudi Arabia? But if you're not familiar with soccer, we're in the Asian... Uh, you know, World Cup pool or whatever. So we get to play heavyweights such as, you know, Uzbekistan, um, Iran, you know, United Arab Emirates, um, you know, all the heavyweights, all the uh, all the crowd pleasers. So, you know, it's a real treat to, to watch the Socceroos qualify for the World Cup each year, playing these teams you've never heard of, nor do you know any of their players. That's why you've got to be a fan of the Matildas. The Matildas played Brazil two weeks ago, and then they're playing America, the number one team in the world, in another two weeks. You know? When I rock up to watch freaking Hayley Razzo and the girls, they're not playing Uzbekistan. Okay? And that's why women's soccer is fucking electric, dude. But anyway. Sorry. Sorry. I'm getting so off track. So, I was watching the Socceroos play Saudi Arabia, and the deal was, these Saudi blokes... You know, they're just diving all over the place. Like, and it was just starting to really ruin the game. And it got to the point where the second half, I think the ref had given out like two or three yellows 20 minutes into the second half just for diving. You know, like the Aussie bloke wouldn't even touch him and they're just hitting the deck, carrying on like fucking losers, dude. As someone who loves soccer, when you see people diving, it just ruins it because now... People who don't like soccer are just like, see, yep, they're all fucking homosexuals flopping around on the ground. Shit sport, mate. Shit sport. And it's like, God, these guys are ruining it for everyone. So these Saudi blokes are just diving around all over the place. And the ref is giving them yellow cards for their diving. So they're being penalized in the game. And still the commentators said nothing. 
the commentator said nothing. The commentator said, oh, these, uh, the Saudi blokes, you know, looking to slow down the game a bit here. You know, at one point, the whole stadium is booing because a guy and the, and the Saudi guys, they're refusing to get up for like 10 minutes. You know, they're pretending to get stretched off and stuff to slow down the game because Australia was just killing them. And the commentators, it's like they were they were scared to talk about it. They were like, yeah, the, yeah um, some stop-start tactics from the Saudis. And at one point, the whole stadium is booing like seven minutes in because like the game is borderline in disrepute. Everyone's booing and they go to the sideline commentator and the sideline commentator, he's such a bitch, dude. This guy, man, I don't know who this guy is, but you're a fucking bitch, dude. You're literally nothing. You're like, you could, he goes, they go to the sideline commentator. The game is in disrepute. Everyone's booing. And the sideline commentator goes, ho ho, a couple of the more rowdy fans down here don't appear to be uh, taking a liking to some of the Saudis' milking tactics down here at Combank Stadium. And it's like, are you like an undercover Saudi Arabian spy, brother? Are, are you blind and deaf? Are you like, how, why is no one just talking about what's happening? If I'm the commentator, I'm saying this is, and I take a long pause, dude. And then I do that thing. You know when the commentators sometimes... They'll shoot to the commentary booth and, you know, maybe maybe the boys are having a laugh or whatever. I say, this is, and then I look down the barrel of the camera and I say, this is fucking disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful, you know? And the, the commentators, the diving continues. No one brings it up. No one brings it up. No one even addresses it. It's crazy, dude. It's like... What is, the, what is the point of having commentary if you're not going to talk about or commentate what's actually happening? And it's the same in a lot of sports. It's like taboo to talk about cheating. Apart from the sandpaper lads who got both barrels, you know, like uh, freaking Muralitharan is the greatest bowler of all time, apparently. Maybe if he was playing for the fucking LA Dodgers, the bloke was pegging him. And we're all just walking around pretending he's like as good as Shane Warne. These Saudi Arabian blokes are freaking diving all over the place. And we're calling it stop-start tactics. You know what I mean? No journalists are even asking about this. It's crazy. They don't ask the players after the game in the press conference. They don't say, what did you think of... If I'm the journalist, first question, what about all the diving in the second half? Absolutely disgraceful. If the player wants to dodge it, he can dodge that question. But it's like, why is it? You know, the fourth estate, journalism holding people accountable, businesses and government. If you're a sports journalist, don't you have some sort of a obligation to the integrity of the game? Or don't you just have some sort of an obligation to talk about what actually fucking happened? Like, I just can't wrap my head around it. These guys ruined this game. Me, Mac and Adzi, we were, we were so pumped the Socceroos were on. On a Tuesday night, you know, it's pretty good. Or Thursday night, sorry. And it just ruined it. The whole second half was unwatchable. Um, Saudi Arabia ended up coming back in the last 15 minutes. Um, after all that fucking... Because they were just stifling our momentum with all these penalties. It was dirty tactics. It was crap. And we got the freaking... The commentators going, well, well, well. What a fantastic game of soccer. You know, it's just like... It's such garbage, dude. Why don't we just freaking talk about what's happening? You know what I mean? Dude, journal sports journalism is in the toilet, dude. Like, honestly. 
just if you're not even going to talk about what's actually happening, don't worry about it because the players are already so media trained into next week. All they know how to do is freaking pronounce the word teammate and smile for 15 minutes straight. You know, they basically lobotomize these poor kids at 19 and they just go through the next 12 years going, duh, duh, the team, duh, duh, the team. And now we got the journalists who are as fucking spineless as the players. It's just like, if something's happening in the game, let's talk about it, you know? But it's like cheating for some reason or, you know, some stuff that maybe it is uncomfortable to talk about the fact that an international team would play with such little integrity. Maybe it is, maybe it is a hot-button topic to talk about, you know, how, how Saudi Arabia are disgracing the game of soccer, you know? Maybe that is a little bit more fiery in the pen on your Monday morning than writing about how everyone had heaps of fun and there was a flower circle after. But it's like, isn't this journalism, brother? I haven't seen anything about this. Just pisses me off to no end, dude. You know what I mean? So, anyway. So we've got a couple of uh, trend uh, trends to finish us off here. A couple of trend extends and a couple of trend ends. So firstly, dude, summer is here. And as you know, on this podcast, we only subscribe to two seasons, summer and winter, cricket and footy, yin and yang, okay? If autumn's a season, show me an autumn sport, okay? And I'll laugh while you freaking try, dude, all right? The seasons are not based on weather. They're based on the sports we follow. Make no mistake. But anyway... Trend extended, summer is here, and that means the return of cold drip coffee. If you're not drinking cold drip coffee, dude, this shit is like legal meth. It is insane. You know, I just read the other day, because I was nailing like five coffees a day for most of the last two years, probably three, four years, you know, and then Macca read this article. Apparently, you shouldn't have more than like four coffees. It kind of makes sense. You know, I was, I don't think it was necessarily the best thing for me. So, you know, just like after four coffees before lunch, I'm just like, fuck, let's fucking go. And then just like freaking spiraling out of control. So it does make sense. But, uh, but cold drip coffee, dude, you can have one coffee that's got the power of five. Okay. This thing is like a rocket to the moon. Dude, if you honestly take, if you drink a cold drip coffee and then walk into your office job on a Tuesday, dude, you better hope USADA doesn't turn up with test tubes because make no mistake, these are performance enhancing drugs. Dude, last summer, freaking two cold drip coffees in a week. By the end of that week, I've been promoted twice. Okay. I've, it gets to a point with the cold drip coffee, you can hear the numbers. I go, what was that, a seven? You know what I mean? I'm looking at these spreadsheets like they owe me a favor, dude. This is the power of cold drip coffee. It's absolutely delicious. It's super strong. But the only thing with cold cold drip coffee is they only make a finite amount of it each day. So make sure you get in there early. If you if you go like, you know, 11 a.m. onwards to get your cold drip coffee, don't even bother. It'll be gone because it, it takes like 12 hours to make. Then they serve it up with ice. And, uh, and a little warning, I think. Yeah, so cold drip coffee, if you're an amateur athlete, if you're an amateur, you know, white collar criminal, you know, and you need that extra pep in your step, if you want to get assistant manager, but you don't know how to get there, just drop out of the USADA testing pool and immediately start drinking cold drip coffee, dude. 
This stuff is like a freaking rocket in your pocket. Let's fucking go. You know what I mean? Highly recommend. And it's so refreshing in summer. And uh, you could probably actually drink half of it and then water it down and put some more ice in there because it is so strong, dude. It is so strong. But anyway, <clears throat> another trend extend. So here's a big one. Trend extend. Avril Lavigne has returned. Avril Lavigne trend extend. Continue, babe. Absolutely continue. What an icon. She's back. And, you know, I tell you what, if you don't like, you know, pop punk or whatever, dude, I don't watch American football, but I know who Tom Brady is. You know what I mean? This chick was playing arenas at 16 wearing your brother's DC skate shoes. What a fucking weapon. You know what I mean? Shopping at an op shop, getting it done. I fucking love it. Like, dude, I would put Avril Lavigne in the same, in the same pool as Taylor Swift that if there's not a single song from Avril Lavigne's first two albums that, that you don't find yourself tapping a toe to, I'm going to have to call the authorities because you're a serial killer. Okay? You can't feel. You can't feel. Like, Avril Lavigne, Return of an Icon. She's got a song out with Travis Barker as well. So you just know. You just know this album's going to crank. And, dude, Avril Lavigne. I feel like she's done it better than most as far as being like a child star. You know, she appears to be completely ageless. You know, she's the first white person to ever take moisturizing seriously. Everyone thinks she's fucking immortal. Speaks to the quality of the skin on us uh, whiteies. You know, just walking around freaking <laughs> dry cardboard covering my body, basically. But she's the first person to lather up. Everyone thinks she died and, came and got replaced with a body double. That's how good her skin is. You know, God forbid you rub on a bit of... Uh, bit of exfoliator before bed but dude Avril Lavigne is iconic she got married I think she's been married two or three times never had kids that's a boss move dude she's not one of these celebrities who's got like three different kids to three different actors you know what I mean oh these are Tom Tom Cruise's kids and then I got Brad Pitt's little tacker in the backyard you know what I mean none of this she made them wrap it up until she until she was uh sure and it turns out she was right, you know? Those pelicans had to go. Also, this is how iconic Avril Lavigne is. She married the lead singer of Nickelback and no one said anything. She caught zero shade for that. Zero. If I even post on Instagram, I like Nickelback, I reckon within the hour, I'd have enough death threats to warrant me calling the police. Okay? And that's just me saying I like their music. She was freaking kissing the lead singer on the lips, married him, no one even brought it up. We're all just like, yeah, Chad Kroger just got married. Not sure to who. Not sure. Yeah, didn't, didn't see it. We all just turned a blind eye. That's how iconic Avril Lavigne is. You know? I'm yet to see a hair color she can't pull off, if we're being honest. You know? And yeah, like, like I didn't really particularly care for her last two albums. But now she's back on that pop punk stuff. I love it. I fucking love it. Also, she's got to be the last female celebrity on the planet who hasn't dated Pete Davidson. You know? So freaking hell, it's nothing but it's nothing but ticks and and gold stars for Avril. She's back. And what a privilege it is. What a privilege it is, dude. I hope she tours Australia. You know what I mean? Sometimes I wish artists like Avril Lavigne would tour 
but you could say like only play your first two albums <laughs> you know what i mean uh so that would be ideal but dude avril lavigne return of an icon trend extend babe trend extend all right now to finish up we have a trend end that was sent in trend end eshes and lads Eshe lads, Esh lad, trend end. Like this new generation of Eshes. It's like when I was 15 and there were Eshes, that was the first generation. Those kids were renegades, dude. You know, hanging out at bus stops, doing meth, wearing sensational runners. We didn't know. Back then, we thought maybe that was the springboard into being like an entrepreneur or something. You know, we didn't know. These guys were renegades. They were the first to do it. You know, now all those blokes who are my age, they're either dead or they're working in a warehouse supporting two kids. You know, we know being an SA doesn't end well. Okay, now we know that. That generation before us took that bullet. How are they to know? You know, it turns out milling around a bus stop at midday on a Tuesday in half a school uniform isn't the springboard we thought it was. You know, having sensational pins is not a qualification. You know, knocking over a footlocker is not a gateway into bigger business. It turns out this is just disturbing behavior from someone whose dad probably rightfully left. So we know that now, okay? We know that now. So why is there a new generation of kids having a second run at the title? You know, I used to work at a Westfield a couple of years ago and there was just Eshes, they were coming back and they're all spitting on the ground, you know, smoking vapes as if that's as cool like it's like we know it doesn't work now so why are you going around again also once you're an adult um you realize how dumb these lads are because they're walking around like they own the world and they're literally 15 i remember like uh i was uh, walking around at westfield in the car park because i worked in the car park department so that was my domain and i remember these little ash lads like uh I think they thought I was security for some reason. I had a high vis on, so I don't know if that screamed security or not. But they must have thought I was security. And one of them like spat at me and was like, what the fuck are you going to do about it? And I was just walking past. I just stopped and looked at him. And, you know, pretty intimidating kid. He's got the fucking Nike TNs. He's got the hat, the fucking bum bag, you know, fucking come on, lads, hey. Let's fucking go. And I just looked at him for a second and then I looked at him a bit harder and I was like, oh, this kid's like 14, you know? I was like, I, I can't fight, but I was like, oh, I, if, if he came up to me, I could just literally beat the living fuck out of him. You know what I mean? They're children. They're legitimate children. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. But the problem with these lads is they pick on other 14-year-olds and that's where it's fucking garbage, you know? It's like... These lads, dude, trend, it's like, it's been done. Go do something else. Be a different type of dropkick. You know what I mean? Don't do the TNs thing. It doesn't work. Cursor is been and gone. You know, when I, when, when I was a kid, it was the height of cursor. You know, people were doing the curse, lad. They were doing the fucking curse. Whereas now, it's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? I think Oz Hip Hop's a lot more, like, kind of grimy now. Like, not like the genre. Like, it's like scummier now. It's like all face tattoos and stuff. It's like, what are you doing, lads? 
You know, it's like spending your mum's money on shoe protection spray at 14 for your Nike TNs. What are you doing? It's like, don't feel bad. The the hot chick at Platypus uh, fooled me too, you know, but it's like, what are you doing? Also, if you have to roll someone for their iPhone in 2021, when I was 14, 15, the iPhone 3 would dead set knock your socks off this thing. It was just fucking blowing people's minds. I didn't have an iPhone until I was like 18. You know, they were like, it was like a rich people thing to have. And now it's like, you're going to roll someone for their iPhone. It's like, you can get an iPhone 6 with a fucking Happy Meal at McDonald's. So, what's the issue, babe? You know what I mean? Just jump on Fortnite like everyone else. And we'll see you when you're freaking 23 with no social skills, okay? But you don't need to do the Eshe thing. It's over. It's been done. We're past it. You know what I mean? please jesus christ anyway dude that is definitely the podcast for this week hope you enjoyed it i got riff city tomorrow night which should be fun bam it's fucking sold out so hopefully get some good stories um also oh yeah i should have said this at the start maybe also if you're coming to riff city (laughs) if you're coming to riff city can you not abuse pat doherty as much as previously it's getting like out of hand (laughs) Because, like, when Pat opened for me last, he just got booed so much. And people are just yelling out death threats. You know, it's funny to a point, I think. But me and Pat are doing this show together, and it's 100% improvised, this show. It's only crowd work. So, I, we, you know, the kangaroos in the top paddock are going to be working overtime to make this a great show. It's a hard show to pull off, and I've only done three stand-up gigs since we came back from lockdown. So... If you could just not boo Pat and just really not yell out at all, um, that would be ideal. Because I mean, dude, the last the end of my last Friday show in May, the last fifteen minutes, I felt like I was doing stand up at Coachella. It was just fucking out of control. So, so yeah, hope to see you there. Please don't boo Pat if you can manage it. And uh, and fuck yeah, dude. Hopefully, I'm gonna get absolutely either the show goes great. And I'm going to get absolutely wristled after. Or the show's not going to go great. And I'm going to get absolutely wristled after. So predicting yarns for next week's podcast. Predicting some absolute barn burners. But there you go, dude. Catch you next time. Way too long. Way too long.